Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This is Anand Swami Nathan, and this week we're going to do a quick discussion of a journal article we reviewed in conference. The article is by Driver, and it's in Annals of Emergency Medicine, entitled Discharge Glucose is Not Associated with Short-Term Adverse Outcomes in Emergency Department Patients with Moderate to Severe Hyperglycemia. So as a bit of background, I think we know that diabetes is extremely common in our ED population, and about 1% of ED visits are diabetes-related. Now, we've talked about DKA before, but this article focused a bit more on a different end of the spectrum of disease. Every day, we see patients whose blood sugar is elevated, but they're not in DKA, or hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state. In fact, often these elevated sugars have little to do with their visit or are simply present because of medication and dietary lapses. The question that frequently comes up is what should we do about that sugar? I usually hear this when I'm getting ready to discharge a patient. A resident or a nurse who is clearly well-intentioned will ask me, what are we going to do about the sugar before discharge? I've heard lots of people that I work with talking about quote-unquote safe glucose values for discharge being anywhere between 250 and 350, and that's the target that you should be trying to achieve. But is there actually any evidence to defend that approach? This study was a chart review at an urban level one trauma center. They collected all patients over 18 years of age who had a glucose over 400 milligrams per deciliter during their visit, and they excluded type one diabetics. The team extracted a number of data points, including discharge glucoses, labs that were collected, the presence of ketones, and measures that were taken to treat the sugar, and their primary outcome was either DKA or hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state, repeat ED visits for hyperglycemia, or hospitalization for any reason in the next seven days. Now, the study was retrospective, and they built in some assumptions knowing that some of the patients that they enrolled were not going to be found on follow-up. Based on prior data, they wrote in that 15% of patients that were lost to follow-up would have represented, and 5% would have been admitted. So what did they find? Well, they collected data on 560 patients over two years. 39% of those patients were discharged with a final glucose between 351 and 694 milligrams per deciliter. The higher glucose levels at discharge were not associated with a greater risk of ED revisits, hospitalization, or other adverse outcomes. Overall, 13% of patients had a revisit, and 7% were hospitalized. Two patients later had DKA, and none of them had hyperosmolar hyperglycemic states. There are a number of limitations that are inherent in this type of study. The retrospective nature means that many cases may be lost. 140 patients were excluded from analysis for a number of reasons, which is a pretty large percentage of the overall patients that were collected. The outcome of revisits and hospitalizations at seven days is also tough because patients may go to other hospitals, and so those events wouldn't be captured. There's also the possibility that the ED providers directed treatment at those they thought were likely to have return visits, thus lowering the likelihood of return visits in that group, but that appears unlikely as prior evidence has shown that it's hard for us to know who's going to represent. Now, despite these limitations, this paper is important because it's the only investigation looking at this question. While the data may not be randomized, double-blinded, multi-center, and all of the things we like to hear, it's the best evidence that we have to work with. Once again, no association between discharge glucose level and need for repeat ED care or admission at seven days. 
The editors of Annals conclude, and I quote, for diabetic patients with hyperglycemia, efforts to reduce glucose level during the ED visit itself appear to lack value, suggesting that management should instead focus on longer-term diabetic management. How do I use this clinically? If a non-insulin-dependent diabetic presents with hyperglycemia, I start with a simple screening, history, and physical. If the patient looks ill in any way, they're going to get labs, metabolic panel, urine, and probably a VBG. And they're likely going to get treatments to drop their sugar-like fluids while we assess them to figure out what's going on. Now, if the patient looks well, their vital signs are fine, and they don't have any significant concerning symptoms, I search for a reason for their elevated sugar. If I find that it's something like dietary indiscretions or medical noncompliance or simply that we got the blood sugar test at the wrong time for that patient in their cycle, I don't get too concerned and I don't focus on dropping the sugar. What I do focus on is taking a couple of minutes to talk about the importance of controlling their glucose long term and getting proper follow up and making sure that they have all their medications. What I definitely don't do is give them a slug of insulin before discharge to quote unquote make the numbers look better. I think many providers have known that this doesn't help the patient, and it could hurt them by causing iatrogenic hypoglycemia. Their glucose is probably going to bounce back in an hour or two anyway, so you're really just treating yourself and not the patient. We've learned similar lessons about blood pressure in the last couple years, and this is just another place where trying to get short-term perfection or acceptable values isn't beneficial to the patient. So bottom line here once again is that just fixing the glucose number doesn't help the patient. It doesn't change whether they end up coming back for revisits in the next seven days or getting admitted to the hospital. So treat the patient in front of you, make sure to educate them, make sure they have their medications and get them the proper follow-up so that their diabetes can be taken care of long-term. All right, well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net where we've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus and on Twitter, where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.